card subject to change the pageantry, the spectacle that is this podcast. And I am so excited to be doing this podcast today in the, I guess you could say, wake of, of WrestleMania. Is that is that the right word? That, wake? That, that fits. That fits? Okay. So in the wake, the afterglow, if you will, of WrestleMania, um, of course, I am joined by my fantastic co-host, Mr. Forrest Helvey. Say hello, sir. How's it going, guys? And Mr. Ken Jones. Hello, sir. Hi. <laughs> very, very simplistic <laughs> hello. Folks, we know that this past weekend was, you know, the granddaddy of all, the big, the big event, the, the main event, if you will, WrestleMania. And uh, it was held in, I guess you, I mean, they've been saying New York, but let's be honest, it was New Jersey. I mean, it's technically New Jersey. Uh, East Rutherford, MetLife Stadium. I'm not going to lie to you folks. Uh, I'm bringing a little bit of a different perspective. Me and, and Ken yes. have a different perspective of this event than perhaps Forrest does. Perhaps. Uh, because Ken and I were there in we person. Were there! We were I mean, that's how that's how big this podcast is. I mean, we're we got we got WrestleMania tickets, so we're we're there. And then Forrest, you had a chance to watch it live on the WWE network. Is that I, correct? I did, and I didn't have any lights getting shine in my eyes. So, you know, I think my piece might have had an advantage. You had a better think, night I, than I, some you, people there. You definitely had a better night than some people. And um I think what's interesting is that and I remember saying this to Ken as we were walking out, I said, I think I would have felt differently about this pay-per-view had I been staying home in terms of the quality of what I thought these matches were. So um, I'm really interested to see how we all felt about these different uh, events. But uh, let's kick things off about the, the weekend festivities. Let's briefly discuss what the the amazingness of what is NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Uh, Forrest, I'm going to start with you. What were you, just some general thoughts you had about that entire event? So I'm I'm almost going speechless right now. I I don't know that I have seen a card that strong, bar none. Uh, every match could have headlined, and it was it was just phenomenal. You know I'm I I you know we, what we saw with Pete Dunne breaking his streak. Um, you know that was that was a shocker. Didn't see that one coming. You know. Looking at the uh, the Velveteen Dream and, and Matt Riddle and, and his record getting broken, and it was just fascinating to watch the Dream. You know, in terms of this heelish face or this facious heel, I, I, he's such a fascinating character. I never want him going to main roster to be ruined by Vince, who will not get him. Um, just pay him main roster money for what he does. You know, I I was just so impressed with it. And then obviously the two out of three falls, you know, with uh, Adam Cole and Jar- Johnny Gargano. Um, you know, my my only hope and prayer at this point is that not if, but when, uh, you know, we see Adam Cole and his faction move up to the main roster, that they are that they're just not broken apart quickly. You know, I I want them to breathe and and really, you know, uh, again I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Adam Cole is HBK 2.0, and I want to see him come up, and I want to see him just run run havoc. So NXT was the absolute highlight of the entire WWE weekend. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, I I actually thought that it was a strong card. What I like about NXT Takeover is you get what seven matches at the most, exactly, and. Every single one of them is a slobber knocker. I, I I will always be skeptical of some of these guys 
and what their ceiling is on the main roster, especially people like Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano in terms of just in terms of their size of like, can we accurately picture a a person of their size as, you know, the universal champ, which by the way, that barometer might've changed over the weekend, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later, but um, in terms of just talent and, and spectacle and um, just guys who are fully invested in their characters, uh, I love, love, love NXT. And, and like I said, I, there wasn't really a, a bad match. I mean, I think if you really say, like, what was the worst match? I don't think you can even say a worst match. It's just no. the least great match in that situation. That might have been the Velveteen Dream match. I mean, I don't know. So it's it's a, it's a tough pick all around. But all in all, really, really strong NXT TakeOver. Uh, Ken, any thoughts on, on NXT TakeOver? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I, I, between traveling down to your place uh, on Saturday and and trying to save NXT to watch him with you, and then um, traveling back and attending WrestleMania, I did not get to watch the whole NXT Takeover. So uh, I, I watched basically War Raiders versus Alistair Black and Ricochet, Vel- Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle, and Walter versus Pete Dunne. Uh, so I got a little bit left to get through, um, but what I saw was was phenomenal. Yeah, I'll be interested to see where Walter goes from here. Um, I, I haven't been really high on the NXT UK guys mm-hmm. very much, but he does have some potential. But uh, it, it's going to sound weird to say, but like his physique has to get better <laughs> um, a little bit. I mean, I there think, was a- <laughs> I know I agree. I think if he's going to elevate to main roster, I think that. A guy that size is is gonna have to you know tighten up. But on the flip side, and I know I'm jumping ahead here, um, but I think it's the only good thing we can say about the battle royal um, is that Braun Strowman is tightened up big time. Uh, you know, yeah. and I think if so, I think you know Walter's a kind of guy where if he tightens up more, I think that's going to raise that ceiling for him a lot. Nice, nice. All right. Well, after the day after NXT, we got the annual kind of interesting hall of fame uh, ceremony, which was really interesting yeah. this year. Um, <laughs> Ken, let me start with you. Uh, just briefly tell me what your thoughts on were of this year's class. Uh, and then we'll get to the, the headline making uh, situation uh, after. I, I mean, the class is kind of what it is. It's, it's, you know, it's not the greatest class. It's probably not the, the worst class. I mean, they didn't have like a, uh, you know, celebrity entrant this year that was kind of like out of left field. Um, but the, I mean, the highlight of the highlight slash low light uh, thing that everybody's talking about coming out of this thing uh, isn't, isn't DX or, you know, Brutus the Barber Beefcake or the Honky Tonk Man. It's the idiot that came down from the crowd to try to tackle Bret Hart. Yeah, that was. Uh, I remember w- we saw that right when it happened, and both of us were like, "What? What, what was that? Like, what was that? What is going on? What went crazy?" Um, you know, at first, you you know, because it's pro wrestling, you think it's a work, and then you realize very quickly that it's not. Yeah, and, they, uh, they pulled the uh, NFL thing where they don't show the guy on camera. So the fact that they mm-hmm. kept changing camera views and mm-hmm. uh, not showing the stage was a pretty clear indication that it was it wasn't planned. Yeah, my thought is like, if, uh, just uh, you know, is there anything else terrible that can happen to the Hart family when it comes to like right. WWE related things? Like, can we just leave this family alone? Um, it just is awful. But you know, to to Ken, your point about the class, I think, and and Forrest, I want to get your thoughts on this too. 
Um, we're getting to this point now in this in this, in these years of the 2010s to now and going on 2020s where coming up with definitive classes is going to be tough, especially with the way that guys leave and come back and leave and come mm-hmm. back. And you could see it from this class where it almost was like they were grasping at straws where it's like, Oh, honky talk man's never been in. Let's just put him in there. And uh, Oh yeah. How about the heart foundation? It, it just was one of those, like you're, you're starting to see this. So, I mean, I, I don't know maybe if, if a solution is the WWE coming up with clearer, you know, standards and qualifications, or perhaps maybe not doing this every single year anymore, making it like an every other year or every four years or, you know, whatever, just to give guys time to really, develop you know hall of fame worthy careers for what are your thoughts on this whole thing so you know i'm not going to get into the uh into the the headline making event you know but yeah screw that guy (laughs) pretty much you know there were a couple things that came to mind you know i think i i was actually happy to see honky go in uh you know he did have that great run and he was always one of those anchor you know heels that you know when he came out he got great heat um so i i have no qualms with him Love him or hate him. I know eight-year-old me was just jumping up and down to see, you know, strutting and cutting, going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I thought I thought there were some good choices. There were some interesting things, though, that I thought took place. One, you know, I think we're, and we see this again on uh, Mania, we're seeing the reintroduction of Hulk Hogan back into the uh, WWE universe. Yeah. Uh, and that's interesting, you know. <laughs> um, I think it's a good that, word for it. I, more awkward is I, how yeah. I've been describing it. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think it's that's something that stand, stood out to me, and that they're reintroducing him more frequently into the mix. Um, you know, I one of the things that kind of bothered me a little bit, I guess, I, and I guess you know, DX is the the biggest crew that's coming coming into the Hall of Fame, but it seemed that we were getting breaks. Uh, from DX throwback, you know, clips by other inductees being inducted into the Hall of Fame. But it was really all about DX. And it felt a little self-aggrandizing considering that, you know, you've got uh, executive vice president uh, or whatever important title he wants to give himself, uh, <laughs> as he said. Uh, you've wow. got someone's, got their someone's a Triple H. What's that? <laughs> someone's not a Triple H fan. Well, no, no, that was, that's what he was joking about is that, you know, you, you give yourself executive anything and you're important. Um, and it was kind of this forced humor, you know. Um, you've got one of the head writers, um, you know, with Road Dog there. Uh, it, so it, it just felt a little, little self-indulgent, uh, the amount of DX push that they kept giving. So that was something that kind of stuck out to me a little bit as well. And, and overall, I mean, it was fine. I actually had no real qualms with who they inducted. I wasn't upset necessarily with anyone that they left out. I thought they were were good, reasonable choices. I do like the idea, though, of having more clearly defined criteria for, you know, who's getting, you know, brought into the Hall of Fame. Okay, guys, let's just settle down. I mean, it's it's a fake Hall of Fame. It's not real. There's no Hall of Fame that you go to and, and look wait, at the wait, inductees. Wait. And all that stuff. It's 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 totally made up. <laughs> there are no qualifications. That is also true. That, so I would actually like to see, I personally, if, if we're going for something, I mean, the WWE is building a brand new complex in Stanford. Uh, it's supposedly huge. And one of the rumors is that there will actually be a tangible physical Hall of Fame facility that people can actually visit uh, in person. So that might change. Uh, but I still think to your point, Ken, 
I still think the qualifications and and who is worthy and who is not is always going to be a very fuzzy line. And it's supposed it's intentionally so on their part. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, let's gentlemen, let's move on. Let's let's get to the the main event. Let's yeah. get to the reason why, why, right. why we're here tonight. Let's talk about WrestleMania. And like I said, it's it's a once in a year event for some people. It's a once in a lifetime event. Like I said, Ken and I were were very fortunate to be there in person. And and folks, I have to tell you, and Ken, I'm, I'm sure you agree. If you have the ability and means to be at WrestleMania in person, I cannot encourage it more. Uh, yeah, it's, it is it's a definitely a bucket list kind of thing. Yeah, it and it you know it's one of those things where it, I, I would dare venture into saying like no matter how bad the event actually turns out to be, it's still worth it to go. But um, it's it's almost there. I mean, it it really is fantastic. I don't know if I'd pay high four digits for it, but um, certainly for for what the tickets cost at the presale and things like that, more than you know made up for it and things like that. So I definitely I, I definitely. Um, encourage it and just being there live can uh, for moments like Kofi and, and all mm-hmm. these other things that happen in the audience and sharing that together with other people um, is phenomenal. And I think you and I had more conversations with people around us yeah. than I really have at any other live. Event. Yeah. There, so, was a, there was a guy sitting two seats uh, away from me that had been to six WrestleManias. That's and right. that's his right. first one was WrestleMania six with uh, Hogan versus the ultimate warrior. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Oh my god! So he was in Toronto. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Now, Forrest, I have to ask you. So you watched it at home? I did. Um, what was your viewing experience like? Well, uh, you know, I, I, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, overall, you know, if, in terms of what was my overall thought about the, the show, it was, it was honestly, it was too long. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and one of the issues I know that came out of that is that, uh, you know, it ended at around what, 12, 15 AM and oh, 1230 almost really yeah, pushing 1230 and you know, you've got the last trains that wrap up at around 1 AM. So I know there's a lot of people that got stuck, um, you know, on the t- transportation side, but even just for those of us that's, that were home, not us, <laughs> not us, you know, we got out of there pretty quick, actually. <laughs> By luck. By luck. Let's but, just, yeah, luck. I think even for those of us who are who are uh, who are staying home and watching, we you know are going to work the next day, and you're you're wrapping up the right. show at twelve fifteen, twelve thirty yeah. a.m. It's it's too long. I think a lot of the matches went on too long. Um, so you know, I think that that's that's a, a problem that they continue to uh, to overlook. So, well, to your point, real quick, Forrest. I mean, I a hundred percent agree. The show is too long. For the life of me, I will never, ever, ever understand why pay-per-views must always be on Sundays. It just doesn't make sense to yeah. me. It's one of those things that's always been a mystery. Yeah. Um, especially with everything else that usually happens on Sundays throughout the year, football, things like that. Why not do it Saturday? Nothing is going on. You're the main event of the entire day. Just do it then. And then, like you said, if people, I, if it was Saturday night and I got to work the next day or you know, I've got Sunday off, great. Go till 3 a.m. if you want to and things like that. But uh, there definitely is. I mean, just I, I actually noted this uh, on my phone. Uh, Becky Lynch didn't enter the ring for the main event until 12.07. <laughs> Which is so, two minutes. Or, wow. Like, I think I predicted it would get over at like 12.10 or something. Like right, right. So it, you're right. Oh it, it's gosh. too long of an event. Cut the card in half. Do less pre-show matches. I mean, do whatever you can. Um, we started again. earlier. But let's, it did start earlier this year, uh, and we were there for the entire thing. So, the um, entire well, thing. 
<laughs> let's let's go into the let's go into the card. Let's 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 start breaking down the card and getting some reaction. Um, so let's kick off with the cruiserweight championship. Tony uh, Nice is it ne- Nice Ness uh, yep. Nice defeated Buddy Murphy uh, to uh, become the new cruiserweight champion. Um, Ken, let me start with you. What were your thoughts on this match, real quick? I thought they uh, had a pretty good match actually for uh, kicking off the pre-show. Um, I don't think Buddy Murphy is technically 205 uh, <laughs> in terms of weight. Um, and, but they put on, they put on a good show. Um, they, they, I thought they were, they were pretty physical. Um, Buddy Murphy, I think he got cut at some point in this match. And they also had a couple of spots where it looked like the guys almost landed on their heads. Uh, yeah. So then, and the, uh, the end where he, he, he threw him into the, into the, uh, ring buckle, uh, mm-hmm. the middle, the middle turnbuckle there, uh, setting up the uh, running knee was was especially effective. I thought so. I th- they had a pretty good match. Yeah, it was it was a good match. I mean, what I liked about it was it it kicked off the show nicely. It was a high energy, high, a lot of good spots. Uh, crowd seemed into it, which was great. And you had a title change, and Buddy Murphy had had that title for a long time, so um, it was a nice nice way to kick off that show. Nice of course, any thoughts on? Nice for Nice. There you go. There you go. Forrest, well, any thoughts on this match? Yeah, I mean, and like I said, you know, in our uh, in our last episode, kind of in the run up to this, you know, Buddy Murphy actually has gone on record saying that he he has been at the the two hundred five weight line, um, but he normally sits more comfortably to right, right around 225, 230. So that's part of the reason why I think you know he it was time for the change. It was time for him to go ahead and move up to main roster, uh, so he can kind of settle into his, his natural weight range. Uh, and compete, you know, at that level. So overall, good opener. I thought good, you know, from what I saw, good energy from the crowd, which is nice considering, you know, I know 205 Live doesn't get a lot of attention. So Yeah, and plus the stadium is still getting, you know, people are still filing in. They're filing in, but, you know, like I said, it's WrestleMania. As soon as those lights technically go down and, the you know, the ref enter this ring, we're we're all Or most of the lights go down because not all the lights went down. Not all lights went down. So there you go. Um, All right, so the next event we had was the Women's Battle Royal which I was actually, I mean, I won't lie. I had no idea that these things were going to be on the pre-show uh, either battle Royals. So I was a little bit surprised, um, but uh, we, the result was Carmella won in, in a kind of a surprise ending, I guess you could say. Um, but uh, Forrest, let me start with you. Did you have any highlights uh, about this match at all? Nothing good. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I know that the last time, you know, I'd referred to the riot squad as the fodder squad and I was, kind of impressed if for a moment thinking that they were going to go ahead and actually give the riot squad some form of a win and letting Sarah Logan win that battle Royal. Uh, and then they, they pull out Carmella and put her over on that. So honestly it, it was, it was kind of, it, it was a pre, it was a pre-show event for me. Nothing, nothing. Yeah. Really yeah. yeah. I was, I was in line for food at this point. Um, uh, <laughs> So but I, I did hear, I went back and watched it uh, actually this evening. Um, Dana Brooke had a nice little uh, showing for a little while there, which was kind of interesting. Um, I wonder mm-hmm. if they're going to maybe start to do something with her. Um, I Like like uh, Forrest said, the Riot Squad, you know, showed up well and uh, everything. So I, it made sense, you know, um, in a very, what we'll see is a very fan servicey. Uh, pay-per-view that uh, Carmella, the quote-unquote local um, hometown 
<laughs> uh, wrestler ended up winning. So yeah, there's that. I, I mean, it's one of those things where I, I don't see anything coming from this for Carmella per se. Um, I think it's just that, you know, great. She wanted moving on. Uh, to your point about Dana Brooke, I, I do think that there is something there. And depending upon what they do with the SmackDown title or Raw title, um, she could have – something could develop there. Something's bubbling there. And, uh, you know, I, she had some pretty nice uh, – I guess you could say Twitter posts um, when she was kind of doing that little mini feud with Ronda a couple weeks ago and seemed to get yeah, a good response from that. Yeah, they gave her a chance to talk to her, uh, call her out in the ring. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she may be someone that benefits from – you know, a brand switch or something. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. All right. So here's where I'm going to go with Will Ferrell. Just, you know, wonder if, if, if somebody's taking crazy pills here. I mean, <laughs> she's awful. I've seen. I mean, the- I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying wooden- like they're doing post. something with her. I've seen wooden posts with a greater acting range. Wona, hot take. Uh, uh, she, her, her, her interactions with Rhonda on the mic. Yeah, wasn't strong. Painful. Her her wrestling skills are not strong. She's not developing, and she's been on the roster for long enough and had enough opportunities, not a lot, but enough where we should have seen something. Now you had they went ahead and brought up, I believe it was uh, Kylie's uh, Kyrie Sale from uh, NXT, and there's somebody who can wrestle. I mean, you you have Io Shirai from NXT. You could bring her in to to. To, to highlight you have a lot of up and coming talent who actually have the technical skill. The problem is that, you know, Vince has an issue with, you know, wrestlers who don't have, you know, English as their native language and, and they have the mic skill, uh, you know, hang up, mm-hmm. but you know, you can easily find people to stand in and be the mouthpiece. Dana Brooke is terrible and they could have used this as an opportunity to elevate some characters who, who really have some ability, but yeah, it was we'll a loss. We'll see. All right. Well, following the women's battle Royal, we had Kurt Hawkins and Zach Ryder actually winning a match, defeating the streak. WrestleMania where streaks go to die. Where streaks go to die. Uh, defeated the revival to become the new raw tag team champions. And this was a match that was literally added at the last minute, so to speak. I think it was like Friday or something. Friday had no juice behind it. And we had a title change and, you know, it, it was one of those, like for, I would say it was the first big pop of the evening for, for Kirk Hawkins in terms of his streak yeah. being over. Um, but I, I would say it was a solid match all around. Uh, I mean, I would say the first big pop was for um, Dash Wilder. Yes. <laughs> when he entered the ring. Yes. <laughs> for getting a nice, you know, uppercut on the uh, jag off that uh, from the Hall of Fame ceremony. Exactly. There was um, a lot of a lot of thank you dash chants uh, that were happening. When yeah, happened. but other than that, after that, Kurt Hawkins uh, second second uh, big pop there. Yep. Um, yeah, I it's, I don't think there's a whole lot to say about this. It, it speaks volumes to me about like what <laughs> Vince feels about the uh, Raw Tag Team Championships, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the state of the tag team division on Raw at. Uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder that have you know been together for just a couple of months or reunited for a couple of months or are getting the tagged belts put on them in the pre-show at the last second. Right. Basically. Right. Exactly. I mean, it was it was Battle of the B teams, you know, and yeah. and so I at this when I watched that, I'm like, wow, if there was ever a case to consolidate your tag team belts and you know do what they're basically going to end up doing with the women's championship. 
you know, then you actually deepen your tag team rosters and, and maybe you can try and make it worth something. But this was, this was such a blow off match. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the next match we had was Braun Strowman, uh, who won the Andre, the giant Memorial battle Royal. And in, in the notes here, it says highlights question mark as if like, <laughs> what were they? It, were there any, well, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm not going to even discuss this match because it was a waste of time. There's a filler. I'll just say that I called it. There you go. There you go. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I win nothing. <laughs> I, you, you win nothing, sir. You get nothing. I just think, I think the biggest shame is that Andre the Giant's name is attached to this event. That's, that's yep. the biggest shame in all. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, the, <laughs> I put the highlights in there. I, I wrote up the, uh, the, the show notes just to, let people behind the curtain a little bit. Uh, I just put highlights in a question mark to, you know, for us to talk about whatever we wanted about this match. Uh, for me, this was the moment where the Hardy boys music played for like 10 minutes straight. And we thought it was never going to end Yep, <laughs> in the stadium. We couldn't figure out what was going on. We were wondering if uh, everybody was going to have to come out to the Hardy boys music and it was going to play for the entire WrestleMania. And that's uh, how it came across the home. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, I didn't know like if there was a down the ramp, and, and then they got in the ring, and then they kicked it back to the pre-show team for five minutes, and the Hardy's music was playing the entire time. Is that what is that and what happened? I had no idea. That, that's what I watched it this this evening. Yeah, that's what happened. And I was I in in the stadium at the time. We had no idea that was going on. Now I did want to ask you guys. I didn't know. Could were you getting? To hear any of the uh, pre-show commentators? No, 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 no. They don't. They don't play uh, any of that. Yeah, yeah. You were lucky. Uh, Sam Roberts um, was basically turning into a heel commentator. It was really terrible. The problem with Sam Roberts, and I've had this problem with him for a while, is that he should not be in any way affiliated officially with WWE. Um, it's an absolute conflict of interest. It really is. He's better. He was better when he was unaffiliated, uh, doing his own thing, and it's just it's. It's not good. So, you know, Sam, if you're listening, just break off. Um, that's all. But you probably need the money. So I, I get it. But, <laughs> you know, there you go. Nothing else to say about the, the men's battle royal. There you go. Um, all right. Well, then the show kicked off, which is great. Uh, and we got our first shot of our host this year, a hostess, excuse me, Alexa Bliss. And who, you know, basically let the crowd know that, you know, whatever she wants tonight can happen to the snap of her fingers. And she snapped her fingers and Hulk Hogan came out. And Forrest, to your point earlier, we're starting to see more of Hulk back in the WWE. And it's awkward. <laughs> it's all, it's, yeah. it's very awkward. Yeah. I wanted to know, you know, in terms of what was the response like for you in the stadium well, uh, when he came out? Ask the guy who was sitting next to me, who <laughs> basically looked like an eight year old kid. Uh, oh, Come on, I, you know Mark, who marked out with a capital M. I, I would say, I would say with a lowercase M. Lowercase M, an M in italics, if you will. I, I was just gonna say italics are maybe underlined, not in bold though. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you know, I, I've been to this was this WrestleMania was my second ever live wrestling show, and it's probably the only time I'm ever gonna get to see Hulk Hogan live in person. Right. So for that, I was, you know, I was in the moment and, and it was so awkward. It was very awkward. I'm not going to lie. 
And <laughs> you, you definitely heard an initial pop when he came out, like, oh, my God, it's Hulk Hogan. But then as he spoke, and first of all, he screwed up again, number one. He um, did. He, that Life Center. He made a joke about screwing up before, saying, oh, it's great to be at the Pontiac Silverdome. The, the Silverdome, uh-huh. brother. But then we were like – then he was like, oh, no, but it's really great to be at the MetLife Center. And we're like, no, you just screwed All up right. again, jackass. Um, what was funny was as he was talking and doing his usual quotes, there was no – like the pop died down. And I think that's that's what's going to happen. I think people – when he comes out, people are going to be like, hey, it's all Kogan. And uh, yeah, we the memory of, of why he's – you know, why he was gone and coming back and things like that and – Right. And just to kind of take it back to the Hall of Fame real quick, and I don't know if anybody saw this on TV, you could see that uh, during his entrance and during uh, when he was coming out of the ring, um, the entire New Day just sat there with no – they didn't clap. They didn't react. It was – Right. Yeah, you I could – I do now- want to take – hold on. I do want to take the moment though to just read on Twitter – uh, Biggie took to Twitter to say that I'd like to thank – I'd like to think everyone deserves a path to redemption. I appreciate Hulk Hogan taking the time to apologize and hear my position today. Okay. Well, there you go. And, and to add to that, I got an email from WWE, you know, about, you know, uh, from their merchandising. And just out of curiosity, I pop that open and take a look at the image. And you've got the new day standing behind Hulk Hogan. Really? And that's an interesting piece of marketing right there. That's it's going definitely out. intentional. You can't think that that's an accident. And I wonder if it's an, a, an organic thing that happened or if it was a company forced. Thing. I think it's organic because I don't think that uh, Biggie and, and Kofi and, and Xavier Woods, they, they've made their opinions known about stuff like that. And, and they've been not at all, uh, you know, shrinking violets about about where they stand on stuff right right um and and so if if they're willing to do that that's that's their doing as and not being i don't think their hand is being forced there you go maybe not forced but part of me wonders if there's not a little element of you know we've done right by storyline what are your thoughts on softening your stance over here right well i mean i I think hogan you know I, I take what I, I'll put it this way. I'll take what Biggie says at face value until I have a reason not to. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, what was interesting was in the middle, it almost felt like in the middle of this promo or towards the end, as they started doing their signature poses, Paul Heyman just struts out from the back and starts walking down the aisle, which got and everybody a, loses their mind. Everybody <laughs> lost their mind. Like, why is this? Why is he coming down to the aisle? And he, he grabs the mic and, and when you're in person, um, Sometimes it was, you know, tough to hear what he was saying because the sound level wasn't as high as it perhaps should have been. And um, you got people going nuts in the audience and things like that. But all of a sudden he says, basically, look, um, if we're not going to be the last match of the night, you know, we're, we're leaving. So we're going to be the first. We're going to get it over with. And, and pe- he's going to Vegas. And, and Forrest, I will tell you this. Um, people inside the stadium lost it. Like it, we went yeah. into Bedlam uh, at that moment to the fact that we were going to get this match to kick off the main show of WrestleMania. Um, and it was a very peculiar match. Uh, mm-hmm. Ken, let me start with you. What were your, your thoughts on this outcome? I, I thought it was the outcome that probably had to happen in hindsight. Uh, you know, Rollins 
is a week by week guy. He shows yeah. up, you know, you can only get by for so many years with Brock Lesnar being the champ and showing up, you know, every three months or whatever. Um, and, and this was, this was a brutal physical match that, uh, you know, Lesnar assaulted Rollins before the, before the match, before the bell even rang. Uh, I mean, you just look at Rollins back by the end of the match where it's just covered in bruises and welts Yeah, to, to see what happened. And, um, I know, I know Forrest has certain feelings about the uh, the low blow that Rollins gave Lesnar. But, I mean, you know, like Corey Graves said, Lesnar assaulted oh. him before the match. So, you know, turnabout's fair play. You, you understand your whole I, argument I, by quoting Corey Graves. I am. It's a, fair, it's a legit point. So go ahead. So, honestly, I think ninety at least 90% of this match was, was right on point in terms of booked Right down to the down to the line. Great, great booking. Um, the low blow a second time through just undercut the daylights out of this match for me, though. You know, this this guy's he's the baby face, and they never they don't take the cheap shots like nah, the heel. Whatever. You know, but I'll tell you, here's the thing. I think if I would have seen, you know, Rollins particularly uh, you know, after the fact on uh, Monday Night Raw, even saying something like, you know what? This guy had it coming to him. He started the match this way. And, uh, you know, I'm going to bring what you bring to me. And and owned it. Not play these coy little, you know, eh, you know what, you know, no. Like, own it or don't. You know, I think that's that's what undercuts this. Right. You know, so, that's a good point. It wasn't a clean win. No, and I, I don't think storyline it was supposed to be. Um, and I think they're, I think they're eventually going to do something with that. But my 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 thing with this was... They didn't need to do the low blow because I, I think for when he's when Lesnar's going up against guys like Daniel Bryan and Finn Balor and AJ Styles, guys who are significantly smaller than him, then you can make mm-hmm. a case for something like that where you need to do something really outside the box to try to gain leverage. The problem is when Seth Rollins is almost the same height as as Brock Lesnar. I mean, when they yeah, Bryan, but he's nowhere near the same size. Not the same size, but like in just in terms of just sheer height and. Therefore, in terms of like, you know, the high spots that, that he can do and things like that, I, I just thought that they, the low blow was something that was probably not needed to, to, to uh, turn the tide. And no, here's I, the question. How is this match different from Daniel Bryan's match against AJ Styles for a championship match? It's not. <laughs> and that's the problem. You have a, a uh, somebody coming in as a face, low blows for the win, and yet was, no, because I disagree. There are aspects that are different. There was there was the like quote unquote mutual respect society between the two of them leading into that match, um, where Daniel Bryan gave him the low blow. Um, there, you know, there there's there's no love loss between Rollins and Lesnar. You know, Lesnar gave him six F fives. Uh, after the Royal Rumble or the Raw after the Rumble, um, you know, it, there, there's been mind games back and forth. And, you know, like I said, and, you know, for oh, like, you like or not, he did assault him before the match. I do, but that's what a heel does. That's not what a babyface does. And even with Brian and, and Styles, you had this back and forth. Did he, didn't he intentionally set me up with those tag team matches that they were getting? The, the thing that, but, but in the ring, that match, big picture, played very similarly to the to that match 
and it was a heel finish. So I think but, for my yeah, part, disagree. the booking was inconsistent. No, see, so my point would be the low blow works because it helps Rollins get the win, but it also keeps Brock from not losing too much stature uh, by right. taking the it de- L. It definitely protects Brock. So he's still, it, it protects Brock and it, it gives Rollins the belt. So it serves to it serves multiple purposes, and we'll see going forward. I mean, I I think it's going to be a while before we see Brock back in the WWE, right? Um, if at all, ever, to, you know, given given his age and things like that. Um, and I think it's also going to say a lot about Rollins going forward and and how what kind of champion he's going to be and and how long he's going to be champion. So, um, we'll see. It, it, but I I am looking forward to this exciting new having a full time champion. Uh, yeah, and and what possibilities that could lead to in terms of, of feuds and things like that. So we shall see. We shall see. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to the next one. Uh, which what I was hoping was going to be a candidate for match of the night, but was severely disappointed. Uh, AJ Styles beating Andy Orton, Randy Orton clean. By the way, um, mm-hmm. but um, one via phenomenal forearm. Big storyline in this match, though, for anybody who was in the stadium was that we had uh, some lighting issues. And there's been some some articles that have been uh, released since that have talked about this where uh, certain lights were shining directly into the audience's eyes. So you're getting like a glare, a lens flare type of effect where people can't see what's going on in the ring. And um, this was a such a big problem that sections of the stadium were chanting for them to turn, turn on the lights. <laughs> so, and at one point, Orton reacted to booze and things like that thinking that it was had to do with the match and it absolutely so for folks at home for us i'm wondering when you were watching this match and you were hearing chants were you like what what are they yeah you could hear it yeah okay you could you could hear the chants um you know and and chris i gotta tell you go back to the way that you introduced this match that's exactly what it was i i had this one penciled in as okay this is probably going to be our match of the night um and it so was not. <laughs> it really wasn't. It was pretty forgettable. And I don't know. To me, it's one of those things where I have to put the blame on Randy Orton at this point. And two things have to happen for Randy Orton. Either he's got to have a com- a complete change in terms of his uh, – I don't want to say character, but like just – let me put it this way. I never get the feeling that he's giving us 100%. If that makes sense. It just doesn't feel like I'm getting a hundred. I'm not getting the old Randy Orton. And I don't know uh, if it's, right. he needs to, to leave the, 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 the company and maybe go to AEW or someplace else. But I don't feel like Randy I'm getting, Orton's not leaving the WWE. No. I, and that, that's the problem on, is that um, I'm, I just don't feel we're getting his a plus game. And I don't think we got it last uh, on Sunday night. Um, and it, it just was really, well, really disappointing. I mean, it, I'd say it, but it does take two to tango, and and AJ Styles was part of this match too. And you know, I I haven't had a chance to go back and watch it a second time. Um, I, I thought it was a little lackluster, um, in, when I was watching it live. Uh, but you know, he, AJ Styles didn't exactly have a great match with Shinsuke last year's WrestleMania either. No, so, no. I mean, there's something to be said for that. I just think so, I don't. No. I don't think these guys bring out the best in each other, and I don't think either of them wanted to be in the spot either in the show. Um, uh, I mean, it, there's an ebb and flow to every 
every every pay per view, right? You know, and they're, they're, we're going to get some real ebbs and flows about halfway through here. But I mean, you know, coming off of uh, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar, like you know, there, there's bound to be a little bit of a letdown from the whatever follows that. That's true. That's true. Forrest, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, real quick. The only thing I'll add to that, I, I have to agree. You know, I think we, th- I, I thought we saw Randy Orton kind of thawing out and and showing some interest in this. They had some good promos cut back and forth, um, but yeah, somewhere when it came to getting in the ring, it it never really came together. And I gotta agree with Kenny. It's it's a two to tango, and there was an element where when Styles lost his title, it was time for him to let go of that belt because um, it was getting a little stale. And I don't know that this match jump-started him back into, you know, his old form. So, you know, I'm not sure. I'm hoping with a superstar shakeup, frankly, to see him kick over to Raw. And, and I'd love to get him paired off, you know, against, um, you know, really any one of our, our belt holders over on Raw. So I think that would do a lot of good for him. Absolutely. All right, well, let's move on. So we had um, one of the few retaining title matches results of the night, but we had the Usos defeating Aleister Black, Ricochet, Rusev, and Shinsuke, the bar. Um, with some some pretty cool spots, I would say uh, throughout the night, I, I would say it's a serviceable match. But um, yeah, kind of kind of glad that the Usos retained. Forrest, any quick thoughts on this match? Yeah, I, mean, I think real quick, you know, uh, we had a nice opportunity to see you know Ricochet land in the six thirty on Sheamus. That was really cool. You, know, you get to see uh, Black with his striking abilities. I love the Usos as well, and they were able to retain without damaging Black or Ricochet. So. To me, this was the surprise match of the evening uh, in terms of being able to deliver a match that was good and yet somehow still a four-way tag, which is almost always bad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. For, for me, this was, you know, everybody got a chance to shine a little bit. Um, I thought I, I, where we were sitting, it, it was like I kept splitting my time halfway between the, the Jumbotron above the ring and, and looking at the actual action in the ring. Uh, and it seemed like every time I was looking up uh, at the screen, it was Ricochet was doing something. So I don't know if, if he if he was like the standout of the match necessarily, um, but he, he stood out to me. Uh, but personally, my highlight was the extended Cesaro swing. Yeah, 32 I've rotations. Been a fan of Cesaro. 32. 32 rotations. Yep. Great. I don't even want to know the math of 32 th- times 360. It's ridiculous. Uh, but incredible. yeah, no good match. Cesaro's amazing. Um, I think of, if any division is desperate for a superstar shakeup, it's this one. Um, so I'll see. I, I, I'm really interested to see what happens uh, going forward in that tag division. Um, all right. Well, moving on, we had a pinfall anywhere match uh, with some interesting spots as well between Shane McMahon and The Miz. Was Shane uh, reigning victorious through a controversial ending? I will say that this match was awful to watch in the stadium until the end because half the time it yeah. took place in a, in a part of the stadium where we couldn't see anything nor any like half the stadium. So I'm sure it looks great on TV. Um, but again, I, I, I like the ending here because it kind of makes the, this feud um, continuous in a way. But uh, Ken, let me start with you. Any quick thoughts on this match? Yeah. I, I thought that the, um, the ending Kind of served the right purpose of of Shane getting the crap beat out of him by the Miz, and the Miz actually, um, you know, causing the big move, which was the superplex off of the uh, the uh, scaffolding there. Um, 
And, and Shane's the guy that's known for the big spots. And the Miz is also known as the guy that kind of plays a safe that doesn't take the big bumps. Uh, that was like always the knock on him. And so he's the one that, that kind of instigated that. Uh, so that, that was kind of cool. Um, but so the Miz, the Miz uh, takes the beating to Shane, but Shane ends up getting the quote unquote, like pin. Yeah. Forrest, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, this was a beer break one for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I didn't care for this match. Um, I thought that they were setting up for a good, you know, high spot. I, I thought that was going to be pretty cool. And as soon as they're setting it up, I said, please don't show, you know, the um, the crash pad. We don't need to see that. That's going to take away from the drama of the crash. And lo and behold, what do they do? They show the padded area below. I'm like, well, I personally wouldn't do it. But, you know, I think it just takes away the impact of, of the spot itself. You know, as opposed to like when they're jumping off of a cage onto a table, that looks hard to fake. So you know that that's that's a really quality you know move. Um, this it just didn't really land, if you will. Uh, that this was a this was a yeah. dud for me. Well, you know, I think I think the Miz is due for something big. I, I don't know what it's going to be, especially when you have two faces with the belts right now. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what this builds to. Moving on. Another shocking, surprising title change, if you will. We had the Iconics winning the Women's Tag Team Champions versus the Boston Hug Connection, which is still the worst tag team name uh, ever. Uh, Nia Jax, Tamina, and Natalia Beth Phoenix. Um, interesting, interesting match with a sneak tag to get the win after Beth, Beth Phoenix delivered her uh, finishing move off the top uh, rope. Interesting, I think arc for the iconics because they got a huge pop i mean they got a huge pop huge pop they're 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 i over. did not see that coming they're over they they were way over they're way over so i i wonder if we're going to start to see a change in terms of um how they're they're booked but um force any, any oh, i don't th- think so no you don't think so keep going <laughs> no, with keep, but go ahead for it don't don't fix what's broken no no I, I i agree with you ken i don't think there's gonna be any change in the way that the you know they're, they're treated i think that's what's getting them over yeah as a comedy act um I I still think that this was not the right time for this particular outcome. You know, the belts are still new. Um, and I think to make those belts really have some value, you've got to put it on a team, have it on Sasha and Bailey for a while. I, well, um, yeah. Strengthen them up and strengthen the belt up a bit. And then, you know, maybe come SummerSlam, you have that big, you know, swerve and, and you give it to the Iconics. Now, I will say I wasn't happy with how it played out. But I will say in terms of I thought it was a nice, clean uh, heel finish to come in there and kind of steal the work that was done. Yeah, that was for great. Them. That yeah. was great. Yeah. And, and, and it sets them up to have a nice like like the way I would do it. They have a nice couple months where they just have Weasley win after Weasley win, you know, and then maybe you have like Bailey and Sasha chasing the belt. And, and you, you don't necessarily have to have them with the belts. To elevate the belt, you can have them chasing the belt to have them mm. to have the belt be important too. Yeah, so. I agree. I think this also this title change does give an opportunity for for um, Bailey and Sasha to to compete more as a singles uh, rather than a tag, uh, especially with now this whole shakeup with Ronda kind of out of the picture. Um, it kind right. of opens things up for them. The biggest problem I always had with Bailey and Sasha is there's no charisma there. There is no charisma and you need to have for these belts to truly, really mean anything. You have to have someone 
charismatic that can really pull the storylines and that is definitely the iconics right now so yeah. good the, good to be there yeah and, and they were genuinely emotional like after after they won yeah. so that, that was yeah. cool to see too absolutely all right well let's move on to another surprising spot I emotional mean, another emotional win. match also a match that I had no idea was coming this early in the card and might no. have backfired by the way on the WWE. We'll we'll get into it that was, a little bit. It was definitely a double-edged sword. Yeah, we'll get into that too, but we had Kofi Kingston finally climbing atop the mountain if you will uh by beating Daniel Bryan again, clean, clean win um yep. and uh to become the new uh WWE champion. And uh it was truly an emotional moment. I mean, it was it it was one of those like this is a top five moment uh, in in WrestleMania history. You could just feel it in the stadium. Crowd was on fire. Um, I have never seen a, a live crowd like that. Um, you know, obviously live, but also very few times uh, on a pay per view as well. And it just was an electric match. Best show, best match of the night, obviously for me. And then I think a candidate for match of the year as well. Um, but yeah, no, truly, truly special thing. Ken, let me start with you. What were your thoughts on this match? Uh, for me, also, it was the match of the night, hands down. Um, they told they they did so many amazing things with this match. The back and forth between the two wrestlers was incredible. Um, it, it, there were there were two or three times where I thought it actually could have ended, and it and it didn't. And it didn't feel like like in some times where they have those false endings where it feels a little forced. It felt it felt real. It felt right. Um, everything about the story lead like of uh felt organic um aside from the Vince McMahon stuff um the 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 B plus player is, is a storyline right out of Daniel Bryan's past from a couple of years ago where like they literally called him a B plus player uh so they they retold that with Daniel at the top um Kofi wasn't even in the picture for opponent for Daniel Bryan two months, two or three months ago. And, and now he's celebrating holding up the, the WWE championship on at WrestleMania 35. And it felt right. Yeah. And, and the celebration afterward was genuine and, and emotional and everybody was, was, was happy. Yeah, definitely. Forrest, how about you on your end? Yeah. So I'll, I'll try to keep this one quick. I, I, I wasn't in love with this match. Um, but that has to do with my my personal preference. I like watching a good technical scientific match. These are two wrestlers who should be able to deliver on that kind of match. You know, Brian's going to obviously have more of the submission uh, technical component. Kofi's got a lot of that fast action, high flying. This is a great combination. I didn't get that. Um, you know, I, I even was watching. I think you know Kofi kind of took Daniel Bryan's you know the the face slam. His were really slow looking. Um, you know, some of the label locks that Daniel Bryan had in the hand gripping was really loosey goosey. And for him, I, I never see that. So the technical component really didn't have a lot of appeal for me. Now, all of that said, um, it, I think the storytelling in this match is why it, people will go back to it. Um, I think in terms of if, if I wanted to watch an exciting match, this wouldn't have fit on the card at NXT at all it was miles behind that so in in that sense it fell very short but i think storytelling wise it delivered on a lot of fronts you saw the back and the forth 
Um, you did see kind of a lot of punishment that that Kofi was receiving, which worked well compared to the punishment he's been receiving, you know, for the the, the weeks leading up to this. Um, yeah, so I think storytelling wise, it, it, it gets good good marks. Uh, just I was just really surprised on the technical piece because these are two two workhorses who should be able to deliver on that front as well. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely interesting, and I, I'm I'm really interested to see what happens now. Um, I do not foresee a a long title reign for Kofi Kingston. Uh, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think he keeps the belt past. I don't think he. I don't even think he makes it to SummerSlam uh, with the belt. I so agree. Well, yeah, but even if he doesn't, I mean, th- I, we we need to also take, take a moment away. to talk about the fact that this was also a historic moment. Like Kofi is the first black WWE champion. Fourth. <laughs> fourth. Fourth. He's the fourth. He was the fourth. Yeah. So he's now at number four. Uh, Ro- uh, Rocky Johnson. Um, oh, okay, uh, he was champ- world champion. I think he, when I read the article, said that he was fourth. Uh, Booker T. Um, no, no, Booker, Booker Booker had the the um, the old WCW championship. I think. Well, I think when they said like world titles, I think that they meant like. Okay. I think, I think Kobe's the first of, for the this title. Yes, that's what I mean. He's the oh, first sorry, one for to this, hold this title, but he's actually the fourth yes. uh, black wrestler in the history of the company. To actually have a a world title, which is a terrible statistic, by the way. Um, I know right? it's it's shameful. it's a big moment. Yeah. So no, a huge and, moment. And, and with that said, and that's, and I don't think there's is an important match. Is that there are little kids who are going to go ahead and, and who will have seen this match, and for them, it's going to be just as normal for them to see, yeah. you know, uh, any any wrestler get to hold that belt versus constantly you know, the same trend that Vince likes to push. And I think that that's really important. Even, even if you, and you can't go past the fact that he is the first black uh, WWE title holder, but the fourth overall for the company, Um, just looking at his build. I think that that's important too, that, you know, different body types can be looked at. So there's a lot of importance, I think here, you know, it'll be be really cool. Effect from this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, also because of that fact, I, it reinforces my belief that you cannot break up the new day. I'm still okay with the new we'll day see. breakup. We'll see. I think that's I think that's the juice that you get. Is that the chance break them up? Break them I, up? No. I think that I think. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into too much detail, but I think that's how Kofi loses the title going forward. But we'll 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 no, talk about we'll address that when it comes. Um, well, I wanted to spend more time talking about this match because. Uh, this way we don't have to spend much time talking about the one that followed it, um, which was Samoa Joe basically swashing Rey Mysterio, which is, I mean, Rey Mysterio is one of, Rey Mysterio, first of all, is the greatest, uh, if you want to call him cruiserweight or luchador um, that the WWE and WCW have ever had, period. Like right. that's, mm-hmm. he's, he is number one. And to have him squashed at WrestleMania the way it was uh, is just terrible. But well, I, it is and it isn't. It is like, and it isn't, he, but his legacy is is not going to take a hit no, from this man. No, but I I think he deserves. So he can better, he yeah. can lose in this manner, and it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt him. Right. I just I, right. I I think you know you look at the disappointment that you saw in in having Kurt Angle go down to Baron Corbin. That that hurts to see. But yeah. I'll just this was probably the jaw dropping moment of the night for me. Um you know, watching Rey Mysterio for all the reasons you just laid out the, the, you know, a giant killer. Right. Um, and he just gets squashed like that. Um, I, it makes Joe strong. Yes. It, re- it puts 
solid win behind his reign as U.S. champ, which he needs to hold for at least another year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was just floored that that he took down Mysterio that fast. Yeah, I also wonder how much of it is because of Ray's injury too. Right. Right. You've got the injury, and, and it all makes sense, but it's still hard to swallow. Yeah. 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 I mean, and this is where the double-edged sword from the previous match kind of comes out because the audience was so crazy for Kofi that you could argue that for the rest of the show, I mean, it, it yeah, first the, of all, physically you felt drained in the stadium, I'm yeah. sure, watching at home, but it really impacted the way that the crowd reacted to these matches. So Samoa Joe, Rey Mysterio, no juice in the crowd whatsoever. The next match we got, which was Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, even less juice. Even less juice. And um, we noticed this. I don't know if this is noticeable on TV, but the the hate for Roman Reigns is returning. And well, I, yep. it's not as strong as it was. Not as strong as it, it was. It's still there. It's still there, and I find it really interesting in a bad way. And I don't yeah, like I, it. I agree. Um, so. Fun fact, and I know we're, we're pulling a little bit out of Mania, but they didn't show him on the Raw after Mania until after TV was cut. Yeah. Um, I think they're protecting him, you know. Yeah, to, maybe that, yeah. You know, I, I noticed that. You could hear some some boos, and it was a muted. There was no pop for him when he came out. Um, and, and that's, I will say, at Mania, I was like, wow. So it looks like the honeymoon's over for, uh, maybe. for Roman. It, I mean, I, I also read that there was a fight in the stands at some point during this match, and so that might have been a little distracting for some people. But man, I mean, you could hear areas. you could but hear a pin drop in the, in the stadium. Yeah, you could. But I, I, again, like the Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio match was was so quick that that we didn't really have time to to recover from from Kofi and Daniel Bryan. Right. Uh, right. I mean, that was that match was literally one minute. Yeah. Uh, according to Wikipedia, so I mean, like. The Kofi Kingston uh, and Daniel Bryan match really took a lot out of the crowd, mm-hmm. uh, and they never we never really recovered. Yeah, um, I, I I don't I don't need to defend. <laughs> I don't I don't want to be like a shill for Roman Reigns or, or you know blindly loyal to him or whatever. But you know, um, I thought the match played better on this. This was one of the matches I went back and saw uh, on on replay, and it it played a slightly better on TV than it did, uh, in the, in the, in the stadium. Um, but it's still like, it's just one of those things. It's, it's a perfectly, you know, it's, it's a, it's a filler. Yeah. For and the card, yeah. You know? I'd have no idea what they're going to do with Roman. Reigns didn't win, but it hurt McIntyre to take the loss. Yeah. I don't think I, Drew's going to be fine. <laughs> Drew McIntyre is going to be just fine. I think what's nice about Drew is that you've got two faces with the belt right now, so you can do a lot with him. Um, yeah. The problem is with Reigns. And uh, if if that old hate of, of the, the WWE hate f- for Reigns returns, um, it's timing-wise, it's not going to work out, but eventually you've got you to gotta turn him heel. Like it, you just can't have him – you can't have <sighs> him anymore. you gotta, you got to turn him I think heel. It, I think it depends on what I, they do with him. It. Like it, the people's complaints are, are, are well documented, uh, and we don't need to get into it. We we should probably even think about moving on. But I mean, the, it, they're not going to have him going after Seth Rollins anytime soon. I don't think so. It, just give him somebody to feud with for a couple of months, and you know, just kind of keep building off what they've been doing since he came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But ch- changes look 
change his music, give him a give him a fresh coat of paint, and I think you can still keep him heel, uh, keep him face, and I think you can still capitalize on some of the goodwill that he has. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, we'll we'll next we got a you know musical performance, much advertised musical performance from Elias. Um, and Elias and Elias and Elias and Elias Elias. definitely felt like that short film by the way in Jurassic Park where uh, John Hammonds are talking to each other which I that's that's what I thought about it um (laughs) segment probably looked just from sure production probably looked better on tv than it did in the stadium but um got a surprise from the doctor of thought was it I I always get doctor of thugonomics thugonomics return from uh from John Cena uh, which, by the way, in the in the stadium was received really well. Oh yeah, like people are going nuts for it. Um, mm-hmm. And it came across yeah. on TV. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea what what we're going to see from John Cena going forward. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, I mean, definitely a part time situation. But um, yeah. before we, I think we get maybe maybe a good a farewell next year. We'll see. Um, maybe. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I was. We I also was, definitely yeah. had. We also had like a. a five minute break from the PG era for the segment too. Yeah. <laughs> Something he was saying was anything with PG. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Definitely. Um, and then, you know, go, go, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say the only thing though, and, and, and I did like once, once we got into, you know, uh, old school Cena, although I had to laugh, notice his hat never came off. Um, you know, he's got that JBL haircut. <laughs> you know, I think I keep at coming back to the question of why Elias? Like, we could have cut this off of a very bloated, you know, WrestleMania. And while there was some fun from John Cena, we had to put up with that whole lead-in with Elias. I, I didn't need this. Yeah, no, we'll see. We'll see. Let's move on, shall we? Um, Triple H versus Batista. Triple H gets the win. Kind of, I guess, as clean as a you know no holds bar match can possibly be. Um, I mean, I I'll be honest with you, I I wasn't crazy about this match. Um, the violence level it's, was definitely turned up to eleven. Oh, it was. But <laughs> it for it again, the type of violence that happened in this match definitely played better on TV than it did in the stadium. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a little hard to follow uh, in the stands. Uh, I I watched parts of this. Mainly the the nose ring part. I wanted to see how they did that. Yeah, that, and, and I actually like watching it on on TV. It, it uh, they, they pulled it off pretty well. It, it's I'm almost certain mm-hmm. that it's it's not the same nose ring, and that the the ref had a a nose ring in his pocket mm-hmm. to give to Triple H, and then Batista rolled out of the ring and like took out the one that he had, and that's what happened. But uh, it still was pretty effective. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was nice to see Sledge, yeah, again, but you know, fun. what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Sledgy. No, this was this was a this was a really good match. Uh, I think it would have been a little stronger if they could have maybe trimmed a few yeah, minutes like off the top, five to ten minutes. <laughs> but I gotta tell you, the the nose ring piece was was really good. But in watching Triple H the seconds after he got up off the chair and watching him look at the ring and his amusement. I didn't know how much of you could actually catch any of that, but I'm like, it was great heelish behavior, even though he's supposed to be a good guy, that back and forth that, that triple H likes to play. This was a much better match than I think I was expecting it to be. Yeah. I, th- I think they, the big screw up with this match is I think they just did it at the wrong event. If that makes sense. Um, well, yeah, I, the or problem- maybe 
where they did it, where they did in it the in card. the card, I think was a big thing too. But also like, I don't know, like when you've got so many great headline anticipated matches on a card, like WrestleMania had, you know, this one kind of was like, I was like, all right, this is maybe the fifth best, you know, fifth most exciting thing I'm looking forward to. And if you push mm. it back to like a SummerSlam where you can make it like, or even like a backlash where it's, it is the main event of backlash or something like that. Um, yeah, you know, it, right. you can probably make, you but, can, you can justify the length of it a little bit more, you know, like, yeah, I, it was according to Wikipedia, it was the longest match on the card. It was almost 25 minutes long. Good Lord. Uh, Kofi, Kofi and, and Daniel Bryan went 20, almost 24 minutes and the women in the main event went about 21 uh, so it was, it, like I said, it could have, they could have cut like probably five to seven, eight minutes off of this mm-hmm. and it would have been better, mm-hmm. uh, just trimmed yeah. it a little bit there. Um, but I mean, if you look at it and afterwards, Batista announced he was, he, he was retiring. So it, you're going to have Batista retire on like backlash or, you know, King of the ring or something like that. Well, like let him go out on Mania. What I, I liked about it, and and this was a this one was a sleeper for me after like kind of the next day sort of thing. I I, I, I had wanted to see Batista get the win on this, but um, but when you think about this, even though the story arc, you know, the ragging on him, how uh, Hunter's kept me back the whole time. When reality, like you know, Triple H really went ahead and brought Batista in and elevated him up. He 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 took the job to Batista three pay per views in a row, giving up the belt there, you know. I thought it was a really nice show for Batista to go out on his Absolutely. back for Triple H on yeah. it. And, and, so I thought that was a really class, classy way to go out. Yeah, it's um, what, it's so what Batista, yeah, it, it, Batista had stayed in interviews. Uh, I don't know if it was post-Mania or leading up that that's actually what he wanted to do was was go out losing to Triple H mm. yep. because he did so much for his career, even though in storyline that it was the, the opposite. Definitely. Definitely. But also, this match was symbolic of this WrestleMania, if you think about it. We were Batista, and the WWE was Triple H. And we said, give us what we want. And the WWE basically gave us what we wanted. Gave us pretty much everything we wanted. This entire pay-per-view. <laughs> Way too long. <laughs> yep, yep. Give us what we want. Title change. Title okay, change. title change. There it is. Give us what we want. Hey, speaking oh, of uh, change. what we don't want. Well, next yeah. match. Yeah, this was uh so Baron Corbin defeated Kurt Angle and Kurt Angle's uh, farewell match, and you know, honestly, it was a waste. I mean, it was it was a waste yeah. to the point where I'm like, why even have it on the card? And um, you know, I, I I understand in a in a wrestling industry tradition, if you will, like the guy going out go puts out the other guy he puts the other guy over, but I don't. I, I, Corbin doesn't need that, you know. Like he's no, he's he over. Does, do you think he, he, I, I people hate him like they hate X Pac or hated X Pac? Uh, he's got X Pac heat. Um, this is just something that he can dank. Like I said it, when we did the preview, like he will he will mention this over and over and over again, right? And and people will have no comeback to it because he actually beat him. Yeah, know. I just think it's I think it's this and when you combine with what happened on Raw last night, um just kind of a weird disappointing end that to That part didn't make any sense. Kurt yeah. Angle's career and I I you know, that's all I got to say about it. Yeah. So, moving on. It, I do have, I'm sorry, just one time out. One quick thing. Did Kurt Angle ever hit a moonsault in his career or did he always miss? Yeah. Yeah. 
No, he hit. I think he had a cage match with uh, Benoit, and okay. I'm pretty sure he hit it. So he I had one. Seeing him. I would love to see. I want to see a YouTube compilation. You don't need to land one. I know. I'm just saying, like that's how he lost this match. Was he went for the moonsault, and and he was notorious for always missing the moonsault. I I love seeing it because it was old school. Oh yeah, no, I loved it. I love that part. Yeah, it just it it was it was it was kind of fitting. Like he got a little greedy, went for the moonsault, which he hardly ever hits, and it came back to bite him one last time. Definitely. But I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, I won't lie. I got a little bit tight. You know, I got to see Angle live, you know, two weeks ago. And, and just I loved watching him compete. Oh, he, he was, was just a machine. In his prime, he, he could go with anybody. And and it was just even watching him, you know, at this point in the game, I was glad to see him right before he went out. Yep. Yeah, I think it's a, 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 an interesting bookend to a, a really interesting career. So, um, all right. Well, then we got the IC belt uh, title change, which was very expected. Um, that Finn Balor would come out as a demon and basically dominate the match to win versus Bobby Lashley, which basically for the entire WWE universe is basically saying, okay, then why not just come out as a demon all the time? <laughs> like, it's like you're saving. It's like if that that classic superhero movie where it's like I can't use this superpower and fine, I'll use it, and then you just dominate the entire thing, and you're asking why didn't you just use that from the big get go? Um, at this point with Finn Balor and, and the weird booking that he's getting, and, and I don't know if the WWE completely knows what to do with him definitively yet, I, I do think a, a longer uh, demon run is is necessary because um, it can add some juice there, but um, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't know. I don't know. And this match, I was just like, whatever, let's get to the women's match. That's how, that's how I felt about it. Yeah. Yeah, I was happy with it. I, I was glad to see the demon come back out. Uh, I agree with you, Chris. You know, I think it would be really cool to see a, a run where you know the demon takes takes the belt and runs it for a while, and then you know maybe it's something where he can't summon the demon again, and then he loses his belt, and you kind of have a nice kind of rebuilding oh, storyline. Like but control uh, the demon, yeah. something mm. you know. And I know we're doing fantasy booking now, but uh, you know, I just. I, I agree. I, it'd be great if they could figure out what to do with him because I think there's just so much potential. But I'll tell you, in terms of practical, this is the uh, the match before the match, so it was smart to keep it yes, quick. Um, absolutely. Balor has been getting abused by booking, so to give him that definitive strong finish and to get the IC belt back was a smart call. It was a real. I thought this was a really well booked match. Um, and I don't think it gets enough credit necessarily for, uh, you know, for what folks have been saying. Yeah, it was it was slightly better than like a filler match, um, but it was definitely in place to be a filler to, to you know, help people recover that's from Tribulation Batista. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on to the main event, uh, which was a really interesting main event, which had the whole uh, crowd buzzing. Becky Lynch climbing the mountain as well. And uh, defeating Charlotte Fair and Ronda Rousey in what I would call lightly maybe a controversial ending and really don't know what the meaning uh, is it behind it and what they're going to do with it. I don't know if it was a botch, if it was uh, actually purposeful. Who knows? But um, yeah, interesting match because the audience did not see that that coming at all. No. Um, I mean, it really was a pin out of nowhere. And all of a sudden we're like, oh my God, the match is over. And uh, I'm sure I'm, it, I'm sure it played the same way on TV as well where – we weren't expecting that. Forrest, give me your thought yeah. on this one. Start hitting us off. 
Yeah, it was it was a it was a rough match. You could tell the crowd was was gassed out. We were trying. Which, we were trying, but it was we were we were definitely yeah. tired. Okay. You know, I I was uh I was yeah, I was surprised that the energy felt a little bit lower at least, you know, from from the living room. Uh, you know, it was a hard-hitting hard-hitting match. You know, I think people were really were laying it in. It looks like, you know, a couple people uh were showing some color. Yeah. And uh but yeah, I think that that pin combo really went ahead and 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 wait, what just happened? Did she won? And and there was no lead up to that, so I think that that was a little surprising. Um, it it's too bad that Rousey's actually going to be going out because that caught me by surprise. I figured it caught a lot of other people by surprise. What a great you know uh, page turn for the next chapter in their story, and then you come to find out that she's injured and going out. Right. Yeah. I mean, it gives it definitely gives her uh, an in when she, if she does come back, she can claim that it wasn't clean, um, whether it was intended or not. Um, that, that doesn't really necessarily like hurt Becky or diminish like the ending. No, it just felt weird in the moment. Like I remember she rolled her, she rolled her up and then I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait, Oh, he, he counted three. Oh, that's it. What? And in the, in the stadium, you can tell that, the uh, shoulder uh, was not pinned down for like the two count or whatever, or in the middle of the count there. It was very clear on TV, unfortunately. Um, But Hey, we got the result that we wanted, which is Becky two belts. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, very physical match. (laughs) What about you, Chris? I mean, I got the result that I wanted. I mean, I wanted Becky to obviously win both belts and, um, you know, we'll see what happens going forward with it. But, um, I was, I was disappointed with what happened in the match, like with the actual match, especially when, when you look at the past year, so to speak, since, you know, Survivor Series and we've gotten really strong women's matches, um, leading up to this. And you figure that, okay, you know, like this is going to be a slobber knocker, but I think the problem was is when you've got 16 matches on a card and yeah. the the main event is given 20 minutes um that's a problem and i think when you've got by either cutting this card in half or cutting it by three or four matches and then you can give these women 35 you know almost 40 minutes 45 minutes they can really do something but when you're telling them look you got 20 minutes here and everything's going to feel rushed Spots, you know, spots that don't hit the first time, you don't have time to go back and try it again. Like the table thing at the end, uh, which did not break in a really great fashion, which they never yeah. do when you put them in the corner, by the way. Um, you know, you can't go back and try it again because you just got to keep this thing going to the to, to the um, the ending. I, I think there's a couple different things that happen with the ending and a couple of different reasons for it. I think the fact that yeah. it's controversial definitely leaves the door open for Ronda to come back and say, you didn't, you never really beat me. And then we can get that one-on-one match that we always kind of wanted at the same time. And I think it also speaks a lot about what probably happened behind the scenes before this match where Ronda, we all knew Ronda was going to take a break. And for some reason, her, her, I don't know if it's an ego thing, but she can't, she can't lose via submission like that. I don't know if yeah, it, I don't think they wanted to do that. I, actually, I don't think, right. I don't know if it's on the company side, if it's her, I mean, I don't know what it is, but I would say company and they want to save that for later. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're going to get, I think you're going to get ultra heel Rhonda when she does come back. If she comes back, mm. I think we might see a return. Maybe I would say maybe SummerSlam, maybe a little bit later, 
definitely inv- involving her crew and the four horsemen at some point. But um, yeah, just disappointing. Got the result we wanted, but just disappointing content. Let me let me ask you a quick question. Do you think weather might have played a uh, factor too? Because we were starting to feel some sprinkles we definitely when were. we were leaving the stadium. And I would say about what? And there was rain. 20 pending. minutes after we left the stadium, like it started to come down. So, you know, I had that yeah. match gone on for so maybe they had minutes. like some. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I, I think they need you know, to do something else. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, it's definitely one of those pieces where, you know, you looked at the clock and you looked at where they were starting the match and you knew that this was, this was going to get rushed. And, and, you know, Overall, you know, I, I think, you know, Chris, I, you said something. I think it kind of speaks not just to this match, but I think it speaks to the, the the card as a whole. At the end of the day, we got to where we wanted to be. For me, I think it's, but some of the, how did we get there? That's where this WrestleMania um, falls kind of far behind, I think, a lot of the other WrestleManias of the past. So, you know, if I'm thinking about, what's my overall what what are my takeaways you know i think we have we, we can't forget people will come back to this mania because you know you do have the fourth uh black champion and you're gonna have the first wwe title you know holder um with kofi and you're gonna have the first time women are headlining in the main event so you can't ever get past those right. pieces but i think some of the execution wasn't what it should have been for the moments that Definitely. they yeah, I I, I, t- I tend to agree with that. Like, uh, you're gonna think about Kofi, and you're gonna think about Becky Lynch uh, when you think about WrestleMania 35. Um, you know, the execution may not have been perfect, um, but again, to quote Batista or paraphrase Batista, we got what we wanted. Got what we wanted. Well, gentlemen, we had some questions that a lot of uh, my notes here, but we we've basically answered a lot of them. But we I do want to I do want to ask both of you real quick about two things. One, where does this rank among the WrestleManias of all time? Ken, I'm going to start with you. Uh, it sounds like I'm a little higher on this than Forrest is. Um, I put this um, probably in the upper half. Uh, I think um, overall that there are a lot of, there are quite a few solid matches, um, a couple of snoozers, which you're going to get in any WrestleMania. Um, but it, it wasn't the stink fest of, you know, some of the ones that we've gotten in the past. Um, like the last time it was in my life, for instance. <laughs> right. So, I mean, the, the, you know, they, they had uh, they had some good stuff here and nothing that was like an outright uh, travesty to the eyes, so to speak. Absolutely. Forrest, how about so you? I give, it, I give it like a serious, like a solid B. Solid B? Nice. Forrest, yeah. how about you, my man? Um. You know, I don't want to bury it necessarily just because I think you've got just some historical moments that happened. Um, but I don't think that there was any content in this match. That, I, I don't think I'm ever going to want to go back into the network and say, "Ooh, got to watch that one again. No, I'm good. I watched it once. Um, you know, this is not like, you know, WrestleMania 17. This is not WrestleMania 3. This is not WrestleMania 6. There's nothing in there that says, yeah, I kind of want to go relive that. Now, Somebody else may may have that for this for this WrestleMania, and that's great. But for my my purposes, um, this will be two footnotes and yeah. nothing more. For me, um, I think this is I, I I kind of agree with both of you in, in in a way where there are moments in this WrestleMania that are top five uh, as an overall show. It's it's going to be a tough watch to try to go back and and watch it again. And I think also 
this will be the WrestleMania that I think forces the WWE to change the format of the show. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think it See, I mean, up- I'm not complaining because it was, it was our first WrestleMania. Right. And, and it was an experience, but it was it was very long. I think I mean, we got in in the stadium at like quarter to four, and we yeah. didn't leave till twelve thirty. I think it's it's one of those things where you've got the old school mentality of are you performing for the fans in the stadium or are you performing for the fans at home? And if I'm paying thirteen to three thousand dollars for an event and I get seven hours of wrestling, fantastic! I got my money's worth. I mean, we we did the math. I mean, we took the price of the tickets that we paid for. Uh, versus the card and divided it. And we basically paid $17 per match. That was that night. That's a steal. Um, but yeah. for pe- for people at home that are paying $9.99 a month and getting to watch WrestleMania, um, it, it's it's too long and it's it's a problem. So eventually that's going to have to be addressed. I think this is going to be the, the show that does it. And uh, I think, and again, the, the, I, the WWE has been very good in the past of saying not everybody gets a blue ribbon. Not everybody gets to perform in WrestleMania. Sorry, folks. It doesn't last few years they've been doing that. Past few years they've been doing it though, and that's what Dallas Dallas was very long. Yeah, at thirty three. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Which we'll we'll see what happens next year in Tampa. Yeah, in in, Tampa, Florida. Yeah. No, and I think that's it. You know, in the past you had WrestleManias that were three and a half hours long, and and I think you're going to really elevate the value of the event by making it much more of a meritocracy versus this, you know, everyone gets a participation exactly. trophy. Exactly. And we'll see what uh, maybe AEW pushes that to, so it's, you know, well, I think, I think, that, yeah, and, I think that's going to change everything. You know, make it, I really am. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Well, gentlemen, we'll see. We'll see. And we'll be, at, we, we will be at WrestleMania 36 come hell or high water. So we will. <laughs> we will. No, that's news. Thank you. Bringing it out. Um, <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Well, that's going to do it for us. So folks, I mean, this, this podcast ran a little long because you know what? We're talking about the WrestleMania the big ran a little long. It's WrestleMania ran a little long. So, you know, if WrestleMania was a three hour show, this would be a much shorter podcast, but um, there you go, folks. And real quick, um, just to kind of promote other things that are going on. Of course, you can listen to this podcast on the Onstage Blog Network at onstageblog.com, home of all of our podcasts, which are basically going up almost every single day of the week. Uh, we have new podcasts and new things that are going up almost every day, which is crazy to think about that we've gotten to this point. But I'm really excited about it. Um, but gentlemen, anything else you want to mention real quick before we sign off? No, that should be it. No, I know uh, Money in the Bank's coming to Hartford, so I wonder what's going to happen. That's right. There's another one. Kenny. <laughs> Uh, I've got a spare battery, guys. <laughs> just throwing it out there. All right, folks. Well, have a great rest of your week. We will see you after. What's the next pay per view? Extreme Rules? Money in the Money Bank? The oh, bank. my gosh. Crazy. Yeah. Money in the Bank. We'll see you after the Money in the Bank. All right, folks. Have a good one. Bye.